You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Hello, everybody. Jono here. I am super excited because we have an absolute expert with us this week, all the way from the other side of the world. I don't think you could get any further away from, from where she is. It's, it's the day before over there. I don't know if it's AM or PM, but a little bit about this person. She is an absolute rock star when it comes to copywriting, especially if you want to launch your program. Her tagline is that she can help you rocket launch your offer with copy that sells. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Ms. Kristen Lattice from um, Copy by Kristen. Kristen, how are you? I'm amazing. How are you? Yes, I'm amazing too. Kristen, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? I've got one. It's serving, selling is serving. Selling is serving? Selling is serving. Awesome. Yeah, it's so important to uh, to sell to people because it doesn't mean that you're greedy and you want money. It's just because you want to serve others, right? It's all about like providing people with the education, especially with info products. And I know you talk to a lot of course creators, so it's so important to keep in mind that you're trying to help other people. That's the ultimate goal and your mission is to impact many people and to help them and serve them. It's not really a selfish thing, so... That's why I like that. Yes, I love it too. My, my favorite thing in the world to do is sell. I actually prefer selling than teaching. Now, this, oh, yeah. could be, this could be a bit controversial, but the reason why I like it, and I'm biased because I like selling, I almost feel like the sale is the more important part because I can have the best product in the world, but mm-hmm. if I can't um, motivate or influence anyone to buy that product, I'm not going to help them. And however, on the flip side, if there's someone that was hesitant, there's a program that's perfect for them, but they're hesitant because they've been ripped off before or they don't trust themselves or whatever it may be. Mm. Um, I feel like as a seller, my job is to to motivate, inspire and influence that person to make that decision to buy that product. And then the product changes their life. I feel that's the more important and almost the heart of it, because if someone's already sold, like, what did you really do? They just went on the website and, and bought and they would have done it on their own anyway, right? So I yeah. feel like there's a, a really, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's super important. So I'm glad you've, um, you've said that. So Kristen, I'd love to hear a little bit about you. I've only connected with you on Instagram the last couple of weeks. So apart from you being um, Greek and, and knowing how to offer size, I don't really know, and, and knowing how to sell like crazy via uh, email, I don't really know too much more about you. So I was hoping you could tell me and your audience a little bit about how you got into the copywriting side of things. I'm sure you didn't just, you know, graduate high school and be like, hey, I want to be a copywriter. So <laughs> I'd love, it's not one of those jobs like a, a lawyer or a dentist or a football player. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Kristen. Start where you want to start and let us know yeah. how you got into copywriting. Yeah, um, I guess I'll just take it back to like childhood. I was always uh, like, a creative person and I always loved writing anyhow and I kind of I think I knew from a young age I wanted to get into writing as a profession but I would always get sidetracked I guess by other people saying no I should become a lawyer become a doctor or do this or do that like writing's not going to get you anywhere so I kind of put that idea to the side for a long time and uh 
when I got into high school, I was like, ooh, you know what? I'm gonna write for the school newspaper. And then I decided I wanted to get into journalism. So it's all about, I wanna become a news reporter and that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna become the anchor and I'm gonna tell people stories and I'm gonna get out there. And you know, somehow that just changed um, when I was applying to university and I was looking for journalism programs, but I stumbled upon the University of Toronto and they had a professional writing and communications program mixed with technology and web design and all of this. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really interesting. So I decided to uh, apply there, ended up getting in. It's convenient because it's close to home for me too. And yeah, so I ended up getting into that program. The interesting thing though is that they did not have a copywriting course. So I did not learn copywriting in university. It was just a bunch of other writing courses. So like writing for finance, for like, um, just, just like a bunch of other things, this other journalistic stuff, all that. But um, the other cool thing is I became an author while I was in university. Yeah, so that, that was fun. Uh, give me your, your book a shout out. What's the, the title of your book? It's called Behind Blue Eyes. Yeah. What's it's it about? Collection of stories about my life and the people that changed me. It's a nice little uh, warm, fuzzy kind of book. Just, it's really about me. It is like so you'll get to realize like everything about me and who's changed me and holding me into the person I am today, how it was like bullied, how I got like anxiety. It was just like a bunch of stuff. Um, but yeah, so I did that. I didn't know about copywriting until my fourth year of university. I had no idea what that was. I didn't know you could make money doing that stuff. I was so busy worrying about getting the corporate job. And after university, I landed a job at a bank which was like just playing with numbers. It's completely not my thing. Which yeah, I was going to say, it sounds, it sounds wrong up your alley, the creative writing person um, in the job in the bank. Yeah, yeah. It was just weird because I was having all these interviews at big PR firms, media companies, communications. But every interview I got, I felt really good about. I was excited. I think I nailed every one of them. I didn't get a single job. And I was like, is there is there something wrong with me or is there something wrong with them? Why am I not getting any of these jobs? It was actually like very depressing. I got like really sad at one point. I'm like, why am I not getting my dream job? Something's wrong. So a year after um, I was working at the bank, um, my contract ended and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take that side gig. I started probably by Kristen as a side gig while I was at the bank because I wanted to obviously keep my creativity going. So I write in the evenings and on the weekends and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I wonder what would happen if I took Copy by Kristen full time. So I learned more about copywriting and how it's more for advertising, how you can help people make money with words. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I could see myself doing that. So I studied it more on my own. I did online courses. I read a bunch of books about it. And I'm just like, I'm gonna fully dive into this with no other plan and just see what happens. And it was a struggle for a long time, I have to say, like financially, but um, this year has been really, really good and things are starting to move forward much faster and uh, I can really see the progress and I've just had such a fun time. I write for online coaches, so no one in particular, but um, just online coaches in general. Um, and I just do basically their sales pages, email sequences, ads, websites, all that fun stuff. And I'm just like absolutely loving it. I learn every day. And yeah, so that's kind of how I came to where I am now. Yes, love that. Especially okay. the part about the, the book. I'm going to buy it straight away because I'm, um, I feel guilty. I'm like, you've given me time with the podcast. I'll, I'll repay the favor by buying the book. 
But in saying oh. that, it probably would have been better if I purchased that book before this interview, right? I actually would have known a thing or two about you. Oh, that's okay. Not a lot of people know about it unless you go deep into my Instagram to find the, the picture of it. I'll send you a signed copy. <laughs> oh, thank you. And I'll put the link in the, the notes as well. So uh, if any of the listeners or viewers are interested, they can grab a copy as well. So, all right. So I've got a few questions right off the bat up there, Kristen. So number one, you were always a writer. You were always writing for the school newspaper. You studied at university. Now I'm curious, the difference between that and copywriting, I'm guessing there's a lot of stuff that's there's the same and there's obviously a lot of stuff that's worlds apart as well. I was hoping you could break that down for anyone listening or watching to this because a few things, they may be like, well, hold on. Why have I got to learn copywriting? I've, you know, gone out and done a degree or I've, written a book or whatever it may be. I don't need to learn copywriting. Uh, and then on the flip side, there may be someone that's like, well, I'm never going to be a copywriter. I sucked at English at, at high school. So let, let us know. What are the similarities? What are the differences between, let's say, traditional writing and copywriting? Copywriting is essentially writing to sell, writing to persuade someone to purchase something like a product or service. That is literally the only thing it's supposed to do. And then anything that's considered content is stuff to like entertain you, maybe just educate you, things like blogs and articles. Those are not really considered like hardcore sales copy, but that's just the main difference. It's just like one's strictly for selling and it's done like a way that has like formulas, there's sales psychology behind it, buying behaviors, like it's pretty intense. And then the other side's just more just knowledge based stuff, just to learn things. And that's all we do on the internet is just, Google stuff and that's more like content. But if you land, or let's say you get emails from somebody and they're trying to sell you, that's copy right there. They probably hired somebody to write to persuade you to buy their new program or their new course. So that's that's where the difference is. Yes. What about the similarities? Did it help you having that writing background? Did that make it easier for you to write copy or are they worlds apart? No, um, I, I think like even just developing your craft as a writer just in general, I think really helps. I've noticed that my writing got much better over the years because it's now something that I do every single day. And when I was doing more like content writing for social media and for like blog posts and stuff for businesses, it was really good like research wise. Like it really helped me get good at research and knowing who I'm writing for because each business has their own ideal customer, right? So you have to kind of get in their head whether they want to know. Um, what kind of language does that person use? And those things like that do intertwine with uh, copywriting because you have to know who exactly you're writing to has to speak directly to one person, right? So there, there is that similarity as well. I would say a big like difference between them though is like the content is longer, whereas like copy is much shorter and more succinct. And there's like one goal with it, whereas the content, it could be in a different space and it could be longer and there's a lot going on. Yeah, so that, that would be the difference in similarities. Yes, good breakdown. Now, further question there. You mentioned a lot of the time you would just write and, and get it out there. So let's say someone's watching this. So a good tip would obviously be do something. Even if it sucks at the start, you can build from that. You write a Facebook post, okay, no one likes it. All right, let me, let me make it better. Okay, now this post, a whole heap of people liked it. What did I put in there that was, you know, mm -hmm. funny or engaging or, or valuable? Now, if someone's um, even maybe scared to post at that level yet, what's your opinion on journaling, Kristen? Is that a good start even before that? Yeah, I would say journaling's fine. Like anytime 
um, or activity you can find to write. Like I, I started journaling a long time ago and I would like write every single night. And even in my own journal, I found that I was going deeper into my thoughts and I was writing more storylines, I guess, and about people. So it got even better over time. So yeah, I would say like, you could definitely start with, with journaling. Um, I would say the biggest thing, like start with blog posts, even mm. something that you really like, like, let's say, um, you love the fitness niche and you love personal training and stuff, or you want to help people get healthier, just start like a health blog, health and fitness, right? Give them exercises to do like diet stuff. I don't know, whatever, right. That works for you. And a lot of people start out with blogging and you can just, you can make some pretty good cash just by writing blogs. So if somebody wanted to start, I would say like, start there and you can just start with anything really. So that would, that would help. Yes. Love that. My next question, you mentioned you went all out into copy. You read the books, you, you did the courses, you probably read some blogs. Now I usually leave this question till the end. That's usually my last question. But since you brought it up there, uh, I'm curious. Let's start with books. I'm a huge reader myself. What are your favorite uh, copy books? Or for any of my listeners, what do you recommend? What sort of books do you, what um, specific books do you recommend they should read? Yeah, definitely. Um, the Copywriter's Handbook by Robert Bly. That was the first one that I read. That's like very um, classic, like a classic type of copywriting book that was written like in the 1900s. Like it's, we're going way back to the beginning of copywriting. So even those foundations that were built then and those formulas, they still apply today. So even though you think maybe it's outdated, it's not actually outdated. This is stuff that people still use and it just 100% works every time because buying decisions have not really changed that much because people still have the same buying behaviors. They still think the same way when they look at like prices and stuff and the way you like present something. So ideally there's nothing like new. You know, everything's already out there. Yeah. So, the um, I find the strategies, the mindset, the psychology, yeah. that's all the same. It's just the tactics yeah. of change. Instead of printing out a physical letter, it's now an email or, or a landing. Yeah, that, that's it. That's, that's literally all it is. And then the conversations kind of change where it's more conversational now because everything's digital and people are not as professional. Uh, it's more like informal language that we use now to capture mm -hmm. people. Like, depends on your audience too. But so, yeah, uh, that book is a really good one. The next one is Copy That Sells by Ray Edwards. He's book. amazing. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I love it. I love it. So, and I, I love it because he uses the pastor formula mm. for his sales pages. And I use that too with mine. And I, I just love it. I preach it. I preach that formula so hard because it works every time. And it's easy, right? It works. It's and easy. It's you give that to any idiot, you know? So it's, I'm glad you said it because someone could, could read that book and then they don't need to hire a copywriter anymore, you know? And that's another, yeah. I'm exaggerating a bit there, but it's it's almost at that level, right? Where it's just like, that's the book yeah. my life with copy because before that it was so complicated. Oh my God, how am I going to write copy? Where am I going to start? It's so stressful. But now I just write on a piece of paper, P-A-S-T-O-R. Okay, what's the P? Okay, what's the A? Okay, what's this? Yeah, yeah. Oh it's, it's very easy after you kind of get into the flow of things and then you realize the little like details in between. But honestly, it's not really that difficult. You just use the formula mixed with all the market research you have and you've got your sales page right there. Like it's not, 
that difficult. The only thing is like people just don't like writing and that's why they hire copywriters or they just don't have the time. Like they know how to do it, but they don't have the time and that's why they hire us. And I, uh, I'll just jump the slide in there a little bit then let you continue on because I think you brought up a really good point there as well. Yeah. Um, and I'll get your feedback on this. I yeah. think, and let me think of how to explain this, but essentially I feel like copywriting is only going to be as good as you know your target market. So let's say, for example, Kristen, you're, could you, you're probably one of the best copywriters in the world, right? Let's say I was like, hey, Kristen, go and write my copy. If I can't tell, if, if you're going to ask me some, all right, well, Jono, who's your ideal client? What are their problems? What are their struggles? What do they want? You know, if I can't, artic if I don't know that to start with and I can't articulate to you, you can't do crap with that copy. Yeah, you might do a better job than what I would have. But it's, it's only going to go so far. So I think you, and do you agree with that? What's your, what's your take on that? 100% agree and I wouldn't work with you if yeah, you said that to me on our, on our call. Yeah. I said, well, you better go back and do your market research, um, get a hold of your offer. Just if you can't tell me details about anything, um, then we're going to have a big problem because you're not going to like anything I write for you. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, 100%. You're not a mind reader. It's like their part is, okay, you do the research, you get this client inside out, and then I will jazz that up and, and make it look amazing, but you need that. Exactly. So, exactly. Anyway, sorry, continue on. Any other books you recommend there? Um, and on advertising. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go, oh my God. I'll go be, I can't even pronounce his name. Oh my God. <laughs> O-G-I-L-D-Y. Yeah. Yeah, he has a great book on advertising that I really love. So anything essentially that has to do with persuasion writing, advertising, any of those books, they're all amazing and they're going to help you write better copy essentially. And anything on sales psychology and buying behaviors, those are, those are pivotal to writing. That's all it is. You can be like a crap writer, but you can improve. That's, you know, that's not the point of being a craft writer. You can, you can improve on your writing. And as long as you know the background and like the formulas and how to do everything and you can get sales out of it, you can DIY it yourself. It's possible, you know? So I don't want people to think that like, oh my God, it seems too out there. Like I can't do it. It's possible. And there's so much good money in copywriting that people don't even realize. So, and I love making that point too. It's like, even as like a contractor, like you can charge what you want because you can tell people the value they're getting out of it. If you're paying $5,000 for a sales page, that sales page could get you like $50,000, $100,000. So it's honestly the value you're getting out of it. Don't think of it as like a cost. It's an investment, right? 100% love that. And I love that you said that. I, I interviewed a, a gentleman a couple of days ago, Nigerian gentleman. And he started copywriting on Fiverr or Upwork or something like that. Mm. And he was charging, you know, five, five, ten dollars or something. And then he got a um, a review that was like, "Hey, you know, your your copy was so good. I made six thousand dollars from the um from those emails that you wrote me." And he yeah, and he did the math and he's like, "Hold on, she paid me ten dollars and she made thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, I should be charging my rate." So it is one of those yeah. things. I'm going to say, in terms of the online course space. Oh, I'm going to say copywriting is the most important skill. I think yeah. you've got, there's different strategies, right? Maybe you're selling off a webinar and then you might say, okay, the webinar is more important. Maybe you're selling off a, a consult call and you might say, all right, then it's maybe, you know, better to be, um, you know, better with your words or your, your auditory skills and your, your phone mm -hmm. sales. Um, but 
are you saying that? I feel like copy is a lot more scalable. You get good at copy, it's like, cool, here's my landing page that's going to sell. Here's my Facebook ad that's going to sell. Here's my email that's going to sell. Here's all of them that are going to sell without me even picking up the phone or, or doing a webinar because the copy on the Facebook ad is going to look good. That person's going to click on that Facebook ad. They're going to enter their details on the, the landing page because it looks good. And then they're going to get three or four follow-up emails that look good. So they're going to click on the link in there. And then the sales page looks good. So I think in terms of scalability, I think copy is, um, is probably the most important. But um, let, let's get into the, the nuts and bolts now. So let's say Sorry. someone's watching this and they're a course creator. They've got a, we know a few different ways. Which, what, what do you want to start with? Uh, copy on social media or copy on emails or copy on sales pages? Where do you want to, maybe, maybe social media because it's probably the first. Yeah, it's good. Cool. All right. Yeah. Cool. So let's say, for example, someone's got an online course and they're not selling it. Right, or they've sold one or two to their, their current audience and they don't know where to go. And they've heard that social media is a good place to get clients and make sales. What, have you, what, what, what copy tips can you give them there, social media-wise? Yeah, there's two copy tips that I really like, or like formulas, I should say. So um, the first one is the four Ps. Um, so let's say you're writing a post and you're trying to sell your new course. The first P is picture. So that's all about visualization. So make sure that you can paint a picture of like, oh, what do you what do you really want out of this, right? Like what's the outcome? What's the dream kind of thing? Paint that picture for them. Use even sensory words with that as well, right? Um, so if they want like, um, or do you see yourself like opening up your bank account one day and seeing $100,000 in there? Or um, can you see yourself like opening the door to your million dollar mansion or something like that or whatever right and then you have to go with the next one which is the promise so that's the thing that you're promising right you want to give them like some sort of guarantee that i'm going to get that for you i'm going to make sure that this happens and that's the outcome that you're going to get and then the third one is proof so that's anything like testimonials you have um any other social proof that's probably like the biggest thing that people miss sometimes is they don't use any social proof. And then people are gonna ask me like, what if I don't have social proof? I've never worked with anyone before, no one's bought my product. You are your first testimonial. Clearly you've used it and it's worked for you. So tell your story about how that worked for you, right? So that would be the third one. And then the fourth is the push. So that's your call to action, right? You wanna get them to make the purchase, right? So. You have to make it worth their while, but it's not really selling at the very end. You kind of have to sell them throughout the whole post, right? For like, you know, painting that picture for them to making that big promise and then showing the social proof that, hell yeah, this works. Why wouldn't it work for you? You know, if you fall into these categories, right? And then all you have to make them do is give them, give them something to do. So either it's like, click the link in my bio to register, drop a comment, um, or what, whatever that CTA may be, right? So that's, that's one that I like using. Um, and then the other one is Ida, which is a very popular one. A lot of people know about. I think I've seen so, that in the movie. Is that in yeah. there? <laughs> that's that one. Yeah. What is um, it? A-I-D-A. A-I-D-A. A A-I-D-A. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, attraction or attention, um, interest, desire, and then action. So it's kind of similar to the four Ps. So the attention would be like, I would say 
that's mostly your headlines. So mm -hmm. that really has to attract the attention of somebody to continue reading. And it can also hold a promise as well. Like, what are you giving them? Mm -hmm. Right. So that usually means like, you know, like X equals X, you know, we'll get these results from doing this or whatever that may be. And then you have to build up like the interest. What is so interesting about this offer? Why should I pay attention to it? Why does it apply to me? That's like kind of pinpointing the person's problems and then saying, hey, we can help you get out of that, that place you're in. Maybe you're stuck here. We'll get you here. You know, you didn't know this knowledge before. Go and take this course and apply it and you'll be here. And then the next one is desires. So what, what do they like truly desire? What do your ideal clients really want, right? You can ask them. Um, so like, what do they... What do they truly want out of life? Not out of life, but I guess just out of like the course you're selling. What's the problem you're like, selling? What's, what's the outcome? Yeah, like what's, yeah, what's the solution there? And then A, of course, is action. So again, like the CTA, the call to action. Yeah. yeah. Love those it. are pretty simple ones. <laughs> love it. And I love those two. And also I, I feel they fit in with the paster as well, where they're just mm -hmm. slight differences, right? It's like actually different ways of crafting the same thing, which is good. Yeah, you just use paste the the one time you're probably going to get bored your audience is going to get bored but if you can put these yeah. little tweaks on things so let's let's break these yeah. down a little more so the first one was the four p's which was picture promise proof and push now yeah. i love that picture side of things because i'm a visual guy you know if yeah. someone said if you someone types something hey imagine you had this that gets me mm -hmm. actually thinking in there and it gets me in a a different yeah. stage you know it gets my imagination working so i love that exactly. um, the promise which is essentially great he's you know keep reading and i promise by the end of this post you'll learn this or you'll get you know exactly yeah, what you yeah. to do this or whatever it may be um the proof the testimonial now that's a, a good point you've you've brought up there so because i think a few things you've mentioned hey you know no one's worked with me before um and you mentioned, well, hey, you're, you're your own testimonial. I think that's powerful in, in many different ways here because I feel mm. if you don't have any testimonials and you haven't done it yourself, you're almost a fraud, right? And <laughs> I think you see a bit of that on, on social media. Someone goes out and does a Facebook ads course. They've never written a Facebook ad in their life, but now all of a sudden they're a Facebook ads coach because they did one course, you know? So, and I don't like that. So I love how you've mentioned there, hey, you know, get some, uh, have some testimonials. If you don't have any, yet, use your own story because it's obviously yeah. working yourself, which is why you're selling it. And I, yeah. I could go one further as well. Hey, help a couple people out for free. You may not even need to give them your full course because yeah, yeah. What I found is a lot of the time anyway, you give someone a course for free, they don't even open it because they don't value it, right? But it, it may be a matter of hey, you know, Kristen's a, a copywriter, a copywriter. She might jump on a call and do a, a 60 minute or a 30 minute copywriting session with two or three people. Hey, did you like that session? Give me a review, bang. Someone else yeah. is a Facebook ad strategist. Hey, I'm gonna give 10 people a free Facebook ad review. You block out one day, you know, and just it, review 10 different people's things. You might get three, four, five, 10 different testimonials from there, and then you can start selling there. So I think it's, you know, that's, uh, um, that's my recommendation if you're starting off anyway hey help some people out for free because it's like a, a standoff otherwise it's like what the hell else are you doing with your time right you don't have any clients so you can't exactly yeah, or like yeah or like beta testing too when they offer their course for like half off just for them to try it out or yeah. like they do like the drip content like oh like tell me like what did you like about it what didn't you like about it so when i actually sell it i can change those things 
where everybody else is buying it after a full price kind of thing. So I like when people do beta testing. Yes, yeah, I, I, I do as well because I don't buy it, you know, get it half the price. Yeah. Um, exactly. And the push, yes. So I think important, always got to have a, a call to action. And I used to yada yada over this. And then I found I use, the card that I use uh, for one of my businesses is Sam card. Are you familiar with Sam card at all, Kristen? I haven't used it, no. Okay. Well, essentially, there's a place to, to enter a coupon code, right? Okay. And you enter your coupon code and then you hit apply code and then you get the discount, right? Right. The amount of people that would just enter the code in but not hit apply code and then hit me up and be like, hey, you gave me a coupon code that didn't work. And I'm like, okay, but did you press apply code? They're like, no, I just entered it in. And I was like, wow, okay. So, some, but but it's, it, this is why the call to action's there. Like, it's not yeah. like it's just they know, okay, I've got to click that button or click, you know, sometimes it, you, and people are different. Obviously, if you're quite good on technology, you know that sort of stuff. But if you're not, you really need to say, you know, hey, comment below if you want to learn more. Hey, click the link yeah. in my bio if you want to learn more. Hey, click yeah. the button below to learn more because otherwise, a lot of people just won't do it. You know, like you and me, okay, oh, we're yeah. put online. I'll go to your Instagram and hit the link in your bio and see what you do, but not everyone's going to do that. So I think the, the push is important there. Now, yes. the AIDA. So I yeah. like that because that starts with attention, which is sort of different to the picture. You know, I like the picture because you're, you're painting a picture there. You can get people's imaginations involved. The attention I like because that grabs me as well. If you can be like, you know, how to sell 100 courses in seven days without Facebook ads. I'm reading that, you know, whether that's true or not. Yeah, 100%, you know. And there's, um, do you know Jim Edwards at all? Do you know who he is? Yeah, yeah, Jim Edwards. Have yeah. you read his book? I ordered it. I haven't, I haven't got it yet, but I did order it. I'm oh. in his Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, um, oh, his book is really good as well, and he breaks down headlines quite well like that. So if you listen oh, yeah. to this, grab Jim Edwards' um, book. But I love that because that headline, it's, they're just different ways to get people. So it's like the picture is a good way to get people thinking. That headline yeah. is another way there as well. Yes. And the interest, I mean, you're probably going to say that's similar to the picture in the P's anyway, right? It's like Yeah, that, that they, yeah. they yeah. intertwine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the desire is essentially like similar to your, eh, similar to the, the solution in Paster, I guess you'd say. Mm. It's like, right, here's the attention, here's the, the interest and desire, and then the action again. So I love that. Now, question here. Let's stick on social media for a sec. Now, most platforms people listening to this will probably be Instagram and Facebook. In terms of the copy on, on those two, any difference or can you pretty much Obviously, the photo might change slightly between the two, but in terms of the actual copy, is it much the same, Instagram and Facebook? Um, they're, they're pretty similar. The only thing and something that I do is because my business account doesn't have any friends or family on it, I can pretty much say anything however I want because that's how I want my brand to sound. This is me. I swear sometimes I'm a no-bullshit kind of person, but if I were to post that on <laughs> if I were to post that on Facebook, I don't think it's going to be received well by those. And I'm not trying to sell to like friends or family. That's not the point. Um, but sometimes the demographic or things are a little bit different. There's like older people. Maybe they're just like, oh my God, I don't want to listen to her because she sounds kind of, you know, vulgar. Right. So I do change the language a little bit. I think that 
the best way to describe it is like the difference between Instagram and LinkedIn. Mm. Like LinkedIn is super professional. So I would definitely not write the same way that I do on Instagram. I would sell it a little bit differently. It's more professional. It's more towards like companies and things like that. So I would take the vulgar language out and the directness would kind of change a little bit just depending on who's on that platform. Right. And the, the goal of what I'm trying to do. So I know that obviously my Instagram is more of a younger audience. We're all in like our twenties, thirties, and we're all in like the same world <laughs> in the online space. So everybody knows what my brand voice is. It's like pretty distinct. Um, sometimes I swear I'm very out there. I'm just like, I'm going to tell you straight up. I'm honest. I'm transparent, this and that. But yeah, the difference is, I mean, it just depends. Maybe your demographic might be different. Um, but that's, that's about it on Instagram. You can only do so much in terms of text and then Facebook, you can write like longer posts if you want. I would still keep it short anyway, because our attention spans are the size of the goldfish these days. So, I mean, if you can keep people's attention, you're doing a good job, but I wouldn't personally suggest writing anything really long, but whenever I, whenever yeah. I'm on Facebook, you know, sometimes you click learn more and it opens up in like a new tab. Anytime, yeah. anytime in the new tab, I just close it. I don't care how good your AIDA is, you know. If I can open up a new tab, I don't have time for that. So, okay, cool. Now, from there, should we transition to, say, a, a sales page where it's like, great, you know, someone's commented below or, you know, they've gone the link in your bio or they've sent you a DM and you're like, great, you know, here's the, the link to the program here. Any tips in regards to what we should write copy-wise on that sales page? Yeah, the sales page, and like again, I would I would say like use the pastor formula because mm -hmm. that's just <laughs> that's essentially what it is. It's it's like you kind of have to have like your headline, your subhead. Um, obviously, you have to present the problem first. Make sure people are aware that they have a problem, mm -hmm. and then you have to just tell them, "I have a solution. This is why you should trust me. Here's my credibility. Here's my testimonials. These are all the benefits." of why you should purchase this product. And a lot of the times I see people writing features, mm -hmm. but they don't write the benefits. So I always, with my clients, I say, okay, give me all the features of your product or your service, and then tell me why that's beneficial for them. Why do they need 24 seven Voxer access? Why do they need all like 50 modules in this course? You know, what, what are they getting out of this? Because you can, tell people how great it is and everything, but they don't really care about the features. They just want to know, is it going to get me 10K months? Mm -hmm. Is this course going to get me to where I want to be or make, help me create something of my own, like passive income or whatever the case may be, right? Um, so it's mostly, mostly focusing on the outcomes, like the destination, because mm -hmm. that's what, like people are selfish, <laughs> right? We're all selfish people. We just care, what are we getting out of this? You know, and then they're going to have to, so you have to justify like the value that you're going to give them right before the end where you state the price and the investment. Sometimes people get scared when they see the investment. Oh, it's a $12,000 course. Oh God. But, so, but if you're doing a good job of selling it the entire time they're reading it, then the price is not going to matter at that point they're going to buy. So it's a matter of just like, can you sell this course? or this product or whatever it is, right? If you could do all the selling in the first half, they're, they're probably gonna buy at the end. But yeah, I would say like the headline's important here too. The subhead, all the body copy, using bulleted lists 
is super important as well um, for readability, for quick, digestible, easy reading for people. Um, I love bulleted lists. I use them a lot. I hear all these on my eyes. Show me the bullets. Okay, what do I get? Yeah. Show me some testimonials. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's, that's the important part of it, right? No one's going to sit there and read like a novel. You and <laughs> I'm not about that. I would never do that. And I even tell my clients, I'm like, that's great. You have like five massive paragraphs, but no one cares. <laughs> I just have to tell you right now, we're going to have to cut this much and then we're going to put this into bullet points. We're going to make these into headings. We're going to like separate it. The subheadings I think are probably like the, the most important part too. Mm -hmm. So if those are really good, they separate all of the information for people, right? And you're just kind of like guiding them through a journey. So it's just so it's for easy reading. But I would say, yeah, like the bullet list, bulleted lists are super important. Um, keeping the copy short and sweet mm -hmm. is also very important as well. Um, just cutting out fluffy words too. Use power words like, you know, there's like free and you. Oh, yeah, using you, you more than we or I. And people are like, why can't I write? I or we, I'm like, because it's not about you. It's about the person you're selling to. So if you can switch your sentences around to say you, your, and your, it's gonna really change the way you do copy. It truly is because it's, it has nothing to do with you. You can tell your story in your little bio section. You can talk about it like in the beginning and say, hey, I was where you were. I was feeling stuck or I was stressed out with this. and and blah, 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 right? And look at me now, and I can help you get there by doing X, Y, Z. And that's the only time you should be using like a personal like pronoun, <laughs> like I. Wow, so much yeah. of information there. Let me summarize this, because you obviously are a rock star at it, right? You can just rattle that off. I, but I just keep talking and talking. <laughs> I'm sure there's people listening being like, whoa, hold on, where, where am I, where am I doing this? Whoa, <laughs> my <laughs> apologies. <laughs> Um, break this down a little bit. So, yeah. that Kristen said the first thing here is there's got to be aware of the problem, and I think that's a lot of the mis a mistake that a lot of um, course creators make, where mm. they don't necessarily know the problem. They know what their offer up. Yeah, hey, you do this, and you get you know 52 modules, and you get all these ebooks, and you get weekly Zoom meetings, and yeah, that's fine. But what's what problem are you solving? So I think it's important yeah. to, to know that there, and there's always a problem. There's, there's always a problem that someone's solving. So that's super important there. Um, the feature benefit, which I think is really cool as well. And we can go many different ways on this, but, and then actually, yeah, let's use that. So great, you get 52 modules. So what, yeah. you know, yeah, you get a weekly Zoom call. So what, you know, and for me, these things are actually a negative. I used to think, oh great, how can I throw as much things in as possible? So I'm giving people more value. But now I think the opposite. I'm like, hold on. If you can do this for me in one month and someone else is going to take three months, what the hell am I going to go to the three-month person for? I'll pay you more money to, to get the, the job done in a month. And I learned that this in my background in fitness, right? Because yeah. I realized nobody really cares if I'm going to give you 12 programs and six exercises for your biceps and 12 exercises for your triceps and three exercises for your abdomen cares about it. can you help me lose weight can you help me lose how long can you help me lose five kilos it's okay. just like are we getting stronger or leaner am i going to have a bikini body by the end of this am i going to love myself in a dress for the summer like you know that's all i care about mm. am i going to feel confident it's all about emotional stuff too and I, I didn't even touch upon that but a lot of what has to go on a sales page is emotion if you can't tap into people's emotions 
likely you're not going to sell the product or the service at all. And it's like that's where the storytelling element comes into on sales pages is like just tapping into those, like we were saying, like the pain points, right? What are their pain points, their pleasure points? What do they really want out of it? And if you know that stuff, their beliefs, their feelings, desires, it's easier to write the copy after that because then you already know their situation and then you can get them from A to B so much easier. Yes. And that, that would be my tip to anyone listening or watching where it's like, just get ridiculously obsessed with your, your client because mm -hmm. once you have that, then you're, then you're going to win because you've got two options. You're like, great. I know my client inside out, every single thing they know, uh, every single thing they want, they don't want their dreams and desires. I know that inside out. That's the hard part. The putting it to words is, is the easy part, really. And you've got two choices. So you're like, great, you know it inside out. Pay someone like Kristen to write your copy and you can just give her the brains up. She's probably got formulas anyway. Hey, what are the pain? What are the, you know, what do they want? What's, she's probably got formulas there. So it's like, great, you've got all that research. Pay someone like Kristen. She'll do it for you. You'll make sales. Or you can go and learn it yourself. Great, you just need to go and learn the paster and the four Ps and the AIDA and you can just go and plug it in. But if you don't have that background, you're gone. It's not... Oh, I'll make the color blue so people will click it like Facebook, you know, and uh, I'll make this red. And look, th that stuff has its place as well. I'm sure it's, that's the, the 1% on top, right? But that's not going to make someone, that's not going to make or break. That's going to go from, you know, closing 20% to 25% or, or whatever it may be. So, right. um, yes. And then you mentioned the outcomes, Chris, and I think that's important as well. And it, it mm -hmm. just, all this is related where it's like, essentially, there's a problem and you're going to help that person solve that problem to get this outcome here. That's essentially what you're doing in pretty much any business, but specifically an online course. There's something yeah. that you want to do that you can't do without me. Do this yeah. and you'll get this result here. But if we just wrote that on a sales page, you're not going to sell anything, right? You've got to know that stuff and simplify no. it. And then it's like, how can we put it emotionally? And I like how you brought the emotions. Um, I like all sorts of selling, right? Selling from stage, phone selling, copy, everything. And a lot of the, actually everything is pretty much similar where people buy on emotion, justify with logic. Oh, yes. And I, I did, um, my background's in phone sales and I used oh. to find it crazy where like I used to sell a, a course for personal trainers to help grow their fitness boot camp. Okay. Oh. My course cost $500 and that's roughly the price of a 12-week boot camp. You pay 40 bucks a week for 12 weeks right mm -hmm. but i'd get on the phone with people i'd give them some tips this and that and i'm like so how's that sound they're like yeah awesome i'm like cool so hey you know the course is is 500 bucks so as long as you make one client you've, you've made your money back right how many clients do you get from this they're like yeah probably five or ten i'm like cool you want to do the course oh let me think about it and get back to you and i'm like <laughs> what the hell it doesn't make any sense but then i realized it's, it's not a people don't buy on logic you know that sounds like an absolute no-brainer but it just doesn't work and then when I studied more on, okay, cool, how can I influence? How can I use emotions? Then my close rate went through the roof. So that's another important tip as well. And it's, it's funny yeah. because you only realize this um, as a seller, you think it should be logic because to you it's common sense. It's like, hold on, you want to grow your fitness boot camp? I've got the answer. It's going to pay for itself with one client. Why would you not? But the buyer doesn't think like that. So it's important to get in their head. And I think the most important point you mentioned there, and this goes across all selling as well, is it has nothing to do with you. 
that's the the one thing. If you're selling, you know, I learned this phone sales as well, where you know, and you, especially with personal trainers because they're notably bad sellers, right? They'll ring <laughs> someone up and you know, hey, do you want to do my program? It's a twelve week challenge and it's fifty bucks a week, and you get this program and this and this and this and this and this. You don't even know what the other person wants, you know. So you're you're not going to make the table there. So yes, yeah. I, there's one thing about selling: just get ridiculously obsessed with that person there and just make it about them. They don't care about you. They don't care what you've done. And, and I guess another way to put that is, um, how can I put this? So this is even if, uh, even if you haven't done it right, now we're going a bit off topic here, but I'll bring it back to, to make sense. Even if it's something that you haven't done, and let's use fitness because that's probably an easy one, all right? Let's say I'm a personal trainer and I'm out of, uh, out of shape and overweight, okay? Now it may be it may be common sense to be like I would never go to that personal trainer who's who's out of shape, but let me put a spin on this. What if every single one of that trainer's clients got amazing results within twelve weeks? Right? Yeah. Does it matter what that person looks like? There could be a trainer that's that's in ridiculous shape, but none of their their, their clients are still overweight. But there's another client, there's another trainer that's in bad shape themselves, but they know how to teach and they know how to you know help other people get their result. Who, who would you go to? I mean, like, obviously the person who looks better. <laughs> yeah, you would. I'd go the other way. I'd go the one. Okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, it's kind of weird when you use, like, that example because it's, like, people typically, like, may not go with the person. Mm. Even if their reviews are really good and they've helped people, it's like, why, why don't you look like that? You know, it's, it's kind of weird, but yeah, obviously, like you go with the person if they have the testimonials, they have the proof and the results from people who've done done their fitness program, right? Mm. So if it's really good, obviously, people are going to go with the other people's opinions and what they were saying about the person, not the person themselves, mm. right? So I mean, even the bodybuilder who just looks like hot shit, he could have like no results at all. Mm. Well, Nobody well, likes his program. He's maybe you know not the nicest guy ever. I mean, he looks good on paper, but he's, he's not doing anything. Like, well, well look, you know? I, I think ideally you do want both, right? But if I had to pick one or the other, I'm picking the one with results. And and the the reason I yeah. learned that was when I, I used to watch a lot of professional sports, and yeah. I was like, hold on, half these coaches never even played at the top level. They're not necessarily good players. They're just good coaches. So I was like, that's, that's what I, I learned that there. But yeah, bottom line there, it's not about you. Now, we're coming to the end here, Kristen. Can you give us some, some tips via email now? It doesn't have to be you know, super long. Let's say someone's gone through this process. They've, you know, they follow you on social media. They've maybe opted into your, your free thing. Um, they've gone on the sales page. They haven't bought then and then, but that's okay. Not everyone's going to buy it then and then. We've got an email address. It's obviously important that we follow up and do some email marketing. Any tips on, on that? And whether it's email marketing in general, or whether it's writing copies specifically for email marketing, what tips can you give us there? Yeah, I would say even just starting with like the headline. So like the subject line, just make sure it's short and punchy. Make sure it's giving somebody um, value. So it makes them want to open the email, right? Um, I don't, with my clients, I'll never make it like some ambiguous subject line. I always make it specific as to what they're going to get in the actual email. So that way they know what to expect and that it piques their interest, right? So it's like, oh, um, 
for example, like I'll show you how to make 100K in like 30 days or whatever uh, with X, Y, Z. And then, Can you send me that email? I'll, I'll read that email right now. <laughs> right. Um, just for example, but I did actually see one like that recently in my inbox. Um, and I was like, wow, well, that piqued my interest, right? Like how often are people making $100,000 in 30 days? It's not common, you know? Um, so yeah, it's stuff like that. If you can, I kind of bring it back to like the four U's of headlines and which I'm sure you know about. Um, no? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so it's in Robert Fly's book, it's the four U's. So as long as your headline has a sense of urgency, so that's like FOMO. Yeah. So saying, oh, you know, the wait list closes in like 24 hours, better get it now. It's never going to be this price again. Like just telling people <laughs> it's never coming back. So make them want to open the email and buy from you. Um, it has to be ultra specific, right? So to make sure that it has one goal with that email. Um, and also to, of course, the headline, just make it about one thing. Don't mm. mention like five different things, right? Mm. Um, unique it has to be unique so write something that people haven't really like heard before um i know that may be hard just because like a lot of people overlap with what they say and you may have heard the same thing before but if you can try to make it as unique as possible that's really important and um, i'll just jump in there for a sec because i yeah. think that's super important because i feel like in anything in life anything that life that comes easy is not going to be that successful Right, so obviously it's going to be harder to come up with something unique. But if you can yeah. do it, that's when you're going to get all the results. If you're just doing the same thing that everyone else is doing, you're not going to get ahead. So I, I love no. that you brought up that unique there. And sorry, last you. Uh, useful. So make sure that it's useful for the person, of course, right? Or else they're just not going to be that interested, right? And like we said with the sales page too, it's like, let's talk about the benefits. What's the benefit of me opening this email? What's inside and what's gonna help me in here? So those are my like for use tips. Well, not mine, they're Robert Blythe, but um, they're very helpful and I use them. Your, your headline or subject line won't use all four of them at the same time, probably like one or two. Um, it'd be kind of weird if you had all four. <laughs> so usually one or two is going to be hundred percent open right there, right? If you can hit all four of those, I mean, that would be interesting. But it's not that long of a subject subject line. Um, yeah, another thing I would say: keep your email short. Um, a lot of the times, people really want to just dive deep. They want to just write this entirely long story, and it's it's really not converting that well like i i don't find that those emails have converted well for like my clients i find the shorter they are and more specific they are the better it is right so it's just kind of hey so and so you know i hope you're having a great day this is what i want to talk to you about and i have this master class and we're going to do xyz and you're going to get this and this with this bonus are you in boom you're done so if you can just make it short and sweet like that and to the point, that's so much better than having like some really long email you spent like hours and hours writing and it's just, it's not going to open. People are just going to bounce out of it and they won't even read till the end to, to get to the CTA even. So I would say just make it, make it shorter. Um, and what else? Um, I'll even, uh, yeah. so I agree with that 100% as well. One little trick I found is if there's something that I do want to make a bit longer, what I do mm -hmm. is I, I give a brief in an email, 
But then I'm like, hey, I actually did a full video on this. Click below to learn the video. Yes. So I'm not writing all that in the, the email. It's like these are there and I'm selling the click basically. I'm selling the click to yes. what's yeah. my video. And then you go to that landing page, which might have a, you know, a three or four minute video, but then it's yeah. got one offer down below that video anyway. So it's yeah. like, okay, great. The people that are interested are going to watch this video. They click there. They'll probably, you know, digest that quicker than words anyway. And there's still an offer there. So that's a little tip I've found. If, if you do have something you want to get off your chest, instead of run the four page letter on your email, yeah. keep that short. Yeah. Just go on there and you're good. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also like people too, I find that they want to add like more than one link. If you're going to add a link yeah. in your email, make sure it's just one link and not like 10. Because if you do that, no one's going to open any of them. Mm. Um, and you're going to direct people away from your email. They're not going to finish reading if it just caught their eye right there. Um, so I would say just limit it to one. If you really have to have two, then I guess sometimes have two, but just keep it to one link. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yes, I agree. Those are important I'm, ones. I'm always a one link person. So, hey, Kristen, um, coming to the end of the podcast, we've already gone with the, you know, your favorite books and that sort of thing. If anyone wants to, you know, whoever's watching this, they're like, you know what, this woman knows her stuff. I want to follow her for copywriting tips. If I want someone to write my copy, I'm definitely going to Kristen. Where's the, where should people go? Your website, your Instagram, what's the best? Yeah. Um, well, my website and Instagram is the same. So it's www.copybykristen.ca and same for Instagram, copy by Kristen. And I am always posting educational content on there, especially for sales pages, because those are my favorite things to do. So I got lots of co cool content on there that they can check out. And if anyone has questions, they can always send me a DM. I do free copy audits as well for people. So, yeah. Awesome. I follow Kristen on Instagram and I love following her. So I recommend do the same. Uh, on that note, I like to finish off Kristen. I do a, a um, Instagram story and post it on my Instagram. So what we'll, <laughs> uh, what we'll finish up with, if there's, okay. we can do this a few different ways, but you know, if there's one thing you want to, uh, leave my listeners with where it's like, hey, you know, if there's one thing you've got to know about copy, it's blah, 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 blah. And if you can get it in 15 seconds or less, that'll be good because I could just get it in one story. So oh, <laughs> we'll start so, so this entire time. But. <laughs> All right. I'll, okay. I'll ask the question and then you can answer it. Here. Okay. So, Kristen, if there's one thing you want my listeners to finish up with or, or one copywriting tip that every single person needs to know, what would that be? Stories sell. That's it. If you have a really good story, that is what's going to sell. Yes, agree. And if someone wants to learn how to tell their story better or how to communicate it better, where, where should they learn or who should they follow on Instagram? Me, copy by Kristen. Awesome. All right. Uh, thank you, Kristen. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty much all we've got time for. Anything you wanted to finish up with or, or anything I should have asked you but forgot to? Uh, I don't think so. I think we went through quite a bit, actually. But um, like essentially, yeah. that, um, that, this podcast. Sorry, yeah. It's like a full Sorry? Uh, it's almost like doing a full course. Just listen to this podcast and you've done a course in copywriting. Oh, yeah, that's true. We could just break this up and sell it for like $2,000 or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, Kristen, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much for having me.
Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses. 